So much good news in the world today. Ladies and gentlemen, the pandemic is over, and I have proof from the Super Bowl two days ago. We are talking about Florida's House Bill 1557, or what opponents without an argument are calling it, the don't say gay bill. And we'll be talking about the groomers in public education that that bill addresses, because if we see something, we need to say something. This is your favorite night of the week, the deep end on Tim Hatch Live. Everybody, welcome into episode 17 of season five on the deep end. My name is Tim and I am your somewhat humble host and it's just a week of good news and I need to explain why because you know what things have changed suddenly spring is in the air just not physically maybe but emotionally spiritually I don't know really good news today from the Super Bowl. Let's get to it in this old segment. Really good news. Really, really, really good. That's really good news. It's good. Okay, the pandemic, ladies and gentlemen, is over. And I'm just following our cultural movers and shakers here. I'm just following their lead. Yep, the movers and shakers have decided that the pandemic, which began just in time for a presidential election two years ago, about four weeks after Super Bowl in 2020, officially ended last night, or two nights ago, sorry, at the Super Bowl in 2022 in Los Angeles. It also ended just in time for the midterm election so that a certain political party could remain in place and look like heroes. But anyway, nonetheless, Los Angeles, where, where children still have to wear a mask at school every day for six to eight hours, hosted the big game Sunday night, and not a single mask was to be seen. Now, there were things to take in on Sunday night. For instance, Dr. Dre, among others, performed during the halftime show, and I have to say, it was a wonderfully refreshing moment to see a reputable doctor on television for once. Haven't seen one for two years. What a nice change of pace that was. Also, the Babylon Bee reporting that a kneeling tribute by rapper Eminem in honor of Tim Tebow took place during that halftime show. If you remember, Tim Tebow was often criticized in 2011 for kneeling to give thanks to Jesus Christ after scoring a touchdown. Tim Tebow to take that knee, to take that stance for Tim, uh, for Eminem, sorry, to take that knee and to take that stance in honor of Tim Tebow. It was really awesome to see America come together in that moment. Uh, you have to report on the good news when it happens, people. Really, really, really good. That's really good news. It's good. Now, before the game, okay, admonitions abounded from city officials that everybody who went had to wear their masks. I give you the LA Daily News. Fans attending Super Bowl at SoFi will get KN95 masks and get urged to keep them on. ESPN also reported Super Bowl attendees urged by LA officials to wear masks follow COVID-19 safety protocols. And that was, of course, because the mayor got caught holding his breath while taking a picture with Magic Johnson at the NFC Championship game two weeks ago. <laughs> Mayor Garcetti did not have a mask on, and so he claimed that he held his breath during the picture-taking process with Magic Johnson, who also didn't have a mask on. But it was nice. It was nice to see that uh, basically those, those admonitions from the L.A. City officials were completely ignored as not a mask was to be found anywhere. Not a mask on Ellen or LeBron, or Charlize Theron, or that girl from all the rom-coms who was shamed for losing weight a few months ago. Uh, 
And Eric Garcetti, most notably, the city's mayor, was spotted maskless in his booth. Man, can that guy hold his breath. It's all really, really good news because, (laughs) once again, the pandemic is over. Yay! (laughs) The pandemic. I mean, if the movers and shakers are, are... are telling us, right? That's what they're saying. All the popular woke celebrities are telling us that the pandemic is over. Of course, if you go to school in California, that's a different story because children with a 99.995% survival rate of this deadly disease have to wear masks all day, every day at school in California. Well, Woke celebrities and Democratic leaders get a free pass. That is America, ladies and gentlemen. And I have to say that Caesar Flickerman would be proud, proud of our capital elitists who are making sure that they live by a different standard and mock the rules that they make. Now, let's get into the real deep end news. Deep end news. News and views that don't make us news. All right, so there's this bill that is being debated in in Florida, in the great state of Florida, the warm, sunny state of Florida. It's called the Don't Say Gay Bill by its opponents. It's really just called House Bill 1557. When you don't have an argument against a legislation, you have to give it a moniker, a nickname, a pejorative term. And this is the pejorative term, the Don't Say Gay Bill. As if the law is really just going to make it impossible to say things like homosexuality or gay marriage in public schools. That's not what the bill says, but you're going to get that mantra, you're going to get that narrative from the news and uh, the cultural movers and shakers who mock mask mandates. You're going to get that angle on this bill. I am here to give you the facts. I am here to give you the facts of House Bill 1557, which is only being debated right now, is being put to a vote and And Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, has not even signaled whether or not he is going to sign it. But here's the outcry from the alphabet gang over this bill. It's going to lead to uh, harm for LGBTQ kids. This is from the Miami Herald and talks about the fact that uh, Florida Republican lawmakers have declared war on LGBTQ children, all in the name of freedom and quote unquote parental rights. I love how they put in the article, you can read it for yourself, quote unquote, parental rights. So, so they're talking about the rights of parents who want to know what is being taught to their children in school. This is, this is to put, be put in air quotes. Okay. All right. Fine. <laughs> anyway, uh, the article goes on to say last year in the midst of a global pandemic that exposed severe inefficiencies in the state's unemployment benefit systems, lawmakers tra- treated transgender athletes as a real threat to Florida and banned them from women's sports. Uh, No, they didn't. They didn't believe that transgender athletes were a real threat to Florida. They believed that that transgender athletes, men pretending to be women and competing in swimming events and weightlifting events and other high-intensity athletic events, are a threat to girls getting ahead, getting education, or a threat to, oh, I don't know, feminist ideals. That's what they, not a threat to Florida, okay? But, but this is how the news has to shape the argument that, that, that the GOP lawmakers are seeing transgender athletes as a threat to Florida. And so ban them from women's sports. Yes, ban men from participating in women's sports. Ban men with over 10 times the testosterone level, even under medication of girls who beat women by laps in swimming contests a.k.a. Leah Thompson, uh, all over the place. Yeah, and then rob those girls of the opportunity to get a athletic scholarship to the school of their choice. Yes, ban that unjust, unfair policy from continuing. Well, anyway, the article goes on and it says, this year, 
Uh, this year's list begins with the infamous Don't Say Gay bill to ban districts from encouraging conversations about sexuality or gender identity in primary schools. Primary schools is under secondary schools, so you're talking about elementary age kids. Yeah, yeah. This is not... This is not discriminatory, okay? But they want to pretend that it is. Anyway, it says the GOP-led legislature also is going after sex education and gender-affirming medical care. And to top it off, lawmakers want elementary schools to post online the book titles available in their libraries. Yeah, I think that's pretty fair. Yeah, elementary schools should post the book titles available in their libraries. Mm-hmm. This is correct. While there's nothing wrong with transparency, the later appears the latter, sorry, appears intended to fuel the recent push by some parents and conservative groups to ban books related to sexuality and racism, the GOP's other obsession these days. Lawmakers also want to ban classroom discussion about race that make white people feel uncomfortable. So again, as usual, the typical playbook is LGBTQ plus I, A plus I, whatever, LMNOPQRSTUV. That group lumped in with racism, racism and, and, and Black Lives Matter. And, and to oppose one is to oppose the other. And so that's got to be the constant refrain here. Uh, the article goes on to say paying the price are LGBTQ students who are more vulnerable to mental health issues and suicide. That don't say gay bill would also force schools to out students to their parents if it is considered to be in relation to a student's mental, emotional, or physical health or well-being. Now, just remember that line because we're going to get to the real specifics of the bill. It says, this seems directly tar targeted at districts in Broward, Palm Beach, and Hillsborough counties, which have policies to prevent staff from divulging a child's sexual identity to a parent without the child's consent. So think about that. The school system has a policy in place to prevent staff from divulging a child's sexual identity to a parent without the child's consent. So a child can have this whole different identity in public school, and then the school partners with the child to keep mom and dad out of the loop until what until when until they graduate and their name is different at the ceremony and you suddenly realize that your child has had this alternative life his entire or her entire or their entire educational process <laughs> unbelievable how often we find this that the schools are becoming a wedge to divide parents from children and again, I bring you back to the words of Jesus. Remember Jesus said that I am here to bring a sword, a sword of division between households. A, a man's own house would be the enemies of his life. Because of me, Jesus, you know, the Lord of glory, the God man who saves us from our sins, the God of the universe. He says, yeah, that's going to sometimes divide families. Well, that's what true devotion to a philosophy, true devotion to truth actually does. But what has happened is we have replaced that with sexual identity and sexual proclivities as this true religious devotion. And now that with in partnership with public education is dividing parents from their children. People within their own households are getting divided over this kind of nonsense. And the constant outcry from the pro-LGBTQ people out there is, this is going to cause us mental harm and we're going to commit suicide. And, you know, Pete Buttigieg, Secretary of Transportation under Joe Biden, took a break from not solving the supply chain crisis to go on CNN and say that it was absolutely going to cause irreparable harm and suicidal tendencies among LGBT youth. And USA Today also doing the bidding of the secular elitists by saying bills like don't say gay hurt LGBTQ youth already at high risk of suicide. At the end of this article reads, as the largest suicide prevention organization for LGBTQ youth, the Trevor Project has been hearing from LGBTQ youth across our 
24-7 crisis services who are expressing a wide range of emotions in response to these relentless political attacks. Many are scared and worried, and some have expressed suicidal thoughts over the laws being debated in their state. So this is, you know, this is commonplace. If you start to debate what a parent should know about what is being taught to their child and it has anything to do with the LGBTQ, immediately everybody on the LGBTQ side cries suicidal tendencies. What they're really doing is just doing what children do, throwing an old-fashioned temper tantrum. Stop debating civil laws. We don't want you to talk about what we want to talk about. We don't want you to stop us from talking about what we want to talk about. And then, of course, if you talk about these things, we're going to threaten to kill ourselves. Yeah, that's what children do. When children don't get their way or or feel threatened in any way, they immediately throw a temper tantrum. I give you this guy who was found by libs of TikTok (laughs) on TikTok in response to the quote unquote, don't say gay bill. As an American citizen, I find it truly disgusting that my country goes 40 steps forward just for people like the governor in Florida to take us 30 steps backwards. Don't say gay bill? Are you serious? Don't talk about what I went through and what my fellow gay LGBTQ plus community went through to get me here? Are you serious right now? Is the government sleeping? Why are they letting you do this? Isn't this the free country, the free world, freedom of speech? Don't say gay. That goes against freedom of speech. You cannot sit here and say being gay is not a choice when you're not gay. You don't know that. Now you want to make learning about our history illegal? You are literally making it harder for children to feel comfortable because conservative parents feel like it's not okay. They're not gay. It's not their place to talk about it. Stop being concerned with what other people like. This is disgusting. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I'm getting serious Edward Scissorhands vibes from that guy. So, you know, the temper tantrums have to ensue. Uh, Don't talk about these things. Don't threaten what we want or we are going to kill ourselves. That's what children do. That's what children do. Anyway, all this debate over uh, House Bill 1557 in Florida prompted President Joe Biden to take a break from raising gas prices and starting a war with Russia to weigh in on this very important issue. Uh, the president tweeted, I want every member of the LGBTQI plus, where's the A, by the way? Isn't there supposed to be an A there? I want every member of that community, especially the kids who will be impacted by this hateful bill, to know that you are loved and accepted just as you are. I have your back and my administration will continue to fight for the protections and safety you deserve. Okay. Okay. This just proves that the guy is so old he forgot what it was like to be a father. Okay, I'm, I'm a father, and I say this proudly. I do not accept my children as they are. I do not accept my children as they are. I love my children, but I don't accept as they, them as they are. That's why I'm a father. That's why a father is supposed to discipline and shape their children into being different than who they are. Again, I will always love them, but I will always, not always, I'm sorry, accept them. If they bully another child, I don't accept them as they are. If they give my wife an attitude when she asks them to do chores, I do not accept them as they are. If they steal from a convenience store, I do not accept them as they are. That's called parental discipline. That's what the Bible talks about. That's what we're supposed to do, parents. Speak up or else the government will take your place. Later in life, if my children murder someone in cold blood, I'm not going to accept them as they are. If they deny the faith, and then begin a campaign on TikTok to demean the faith like Abraham Piper, John Piper's son. I will not accept them as they are. Sorry if that offends you, 
But that's what I read in scripture when it comes to family. Jesus was famously asked when his parents arrived, his mom and brothers arrived, here are your mother and your brothers. And he said, what? In Mark 3, he said, who are my mother and my brothers? And then he pointed to those who were listening to them and said, these are my family. I am in family, in family with those who believe the word of God. Anyway, we've got to be aware of this. It's, it's becoming a wedge because sexuality and gender is now a religious devotion in our public education system. And, and it, has been the, it has replaced biblical Christianity. You know, they used to teach the Bible in schools. They used to pray in, in the, they used to teach the Bible in public schools. They used to pray in public schools. Now that's been shoved out of public schools and in its place, filling the hole. The water has risen to the top as it always does. And what we have now is this, this religion of sexuality in our public schools. But let's get to the facts because what does the bill actually say? What does it actually limit the school system from doing? Because facts matter. And I have those facts for you here on the screen. So starting at the top, school districts quote, may, incur may not encourage discussion about sexual orientation or gender identity in primary grade levels in a manner that is not age appropriate or developmentally appropriate for students. So this is not saying don't say gay. This is saying don't encourage discussion about these things with elementary students. It gives the parents the ability to sue schools if they believe the schools violated any provisions of the law. Now, specific wording from the law is important here. Quote, school districts must reinforce the fundamental right of parents to make decisions regarding the upbringing and control of their children by requiring school district personnel to encourage a student to discuss issues relating to his or her well-being with his or her parent or to seek permission to discuss or facilitate discussion of the issue with the parent. That, that, that's pretty fair, end quote, by the way. That's pretty fair there. In other words, parents should have the final say over their child's upbringing. There's a subparagraph notation in all that that says the bill does not prohibit a school district from adopting procedures that permit school personnel to withhold such information from a parent if a reasonably prudent person would, be would believe that disclosure would result in abuse, abandonment, or neglect. So they even allow a provision in the bill that says, well, if the administrator thinks that if he goes home to dad and dad would beat the living snot out of the kid if he says he was gay, maybe we don't do that. Maybe we keep that kid safe. Like, yeah, and I can agree with that, too, because you don't want kids beaten up by their parents simply because they have sexual proclivities that the parent might not want, as many Christian parents don't want. But it's not right for us to beat our kids or ostracize them for these things. Uh, so, But the point is, is that the bill is not nearly as extensively egregious as its opponents would love you to believe. But the question must be asked about the bill, and this is an important question. What problem is this bill trying to solve, right? Well, supporters of the bill look to a case in Leon School District in Florida, which kept parents out of a gender-confused child completely in the dark about the child's sexual identity or gender identity, kept the parents completely in the dark. Uh, this is from the Tallahassee Democrat lawsuit against Leon School says district excluded parents from gender discussions. And uh, this is from the school district's own uh, guide regarding discussions around gender. I'll put this on the screen. 
Um, at the time of the meeting, the district LGBTQ guide stated that parents did not have to be told about a child's gender or sexual identity. The guide, which was taken down from the school district's website and is currently being reviewed by the district previously said, and look at this here, question, a student exhibited behavior in school leading administrators or teachers to believe the student is LGBTQ+. Should the parents or legal guardians be notified? Answer, this is again the school's guide, answer, no. Outing a student, especially the parents, can be very dangerous to the student health and well-being. Some students are not able to be at home because their parents are unaccepting of LGBTQ plus people out. As many as 40% of homeless youth are LGBTQ plus, many of whom have been rejected by their families for being LGBTQ plus. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> All these letters. Outing students to their parents can literally make them homeless. I mean, this is, again, the constant narrative. If you debate, if you oppose, if you say anything that could possibly harm their feelings, you parent, you bigot, you are culpable in creating homelessness. And then interestingly enough, from the Tallahassee uh, Democrat article there, it says the U.S. Senator, the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevent the CDC, there he goes again, the CDC says schools should, quote, identify safe spaces such as counselors, offices, or designated classrooms where LGBT youth can receive support from administrators, teachers, or other school staff. So this is right in line with the people who have locked down our country for the last two years, the CDC, the people who have promoted the false science regarding masks and vaccines for the last two years. They are also on the side of making sure that parents are separated or kept in the dark regarding one of the most important realities of their child's being, well-being, their sexual health, their sexual understanding, their, their fundamental understanding of who they are as a person. This is the problem the bill is trying to solve. Government and public schools becoming a wedge between parents and children. And there's another problem it's trying to solve. And I want you to consider the growing trend on social media where teachers brag about coming out to their students in the classroom. I kid you not, this is a real thing, and I have evidence here on the show today. Consider this person named Gretchen, named, I'm not going to reveal the last name, she puts this false last name in the post. Here's the post from her social media. Hi, I'm Gretchen, and I was just added to this group. Thank you. I'm hoping to come out as non-binary to my students this week or next. Uh, okay, why, Gretchen? Un unreal. But anyway, an update them with my name and pronouns. Starting Start by going Miss X Clemens and using they, them pronouns exclusively. I've come out gradually with my students, wearing obvious clothing, accessories, changing pronouns in my email signature, etc. So this is the first time I'll be making a clear statement to my students about my identity. I'm going to ask a LGBTQI plus colleague to be in the room with me just in case I get anxious or flustered. What What is going on here? Really? In, in the classroom, this is what you're going to do. She goes on, what, or he, they, whatever, goes on. What was your experience with coming out to your students, especially after having used your dead name and birth assigned pronouns for a number of years? As far as I know, there are very few non-binary teachers at my school. <laughs> There's one school of very few non-binary teachers. Unbelievable. And I may be the first one, so I'm super nervous, and I teach conservative city in Michigan. Thank you. This is, this is a trend that's going on in social media. Consider this post from uh, uh, Sarah Grace Millman. She says in her post, quote, yesterday, one of my third graders came out to me as a lesbian. She was very nervous about it, which I find slightly ironic because I have a pride flag in my window, but kids aren't always super aware of symbols and signs, so I get it. She said she can't tell her mom because she's homophobic, which means that as far as I can tell, I'm the only adult who knows. I want to make or get something small and subtle for her to have a sort of a talisman. She's an awkward and sweet kid. Always come to the art room to ask if she can spend recess with me. 
And I want her to have a reminder that she's loved, even if they don't always have, even if I don't always have time for her. Okay, so she's gonna get her a gift. This is grooming, ladies and gentlemen. This is grooming. And by the way, if you didn't know what a talisman was, a talisman is an object held to act as a charm to avert evil and bring good fortune or something producing apparently magical or miraculous effects. This is the public school system. These are public school teachers. Consider this question from a survey, a student survey in Fairfax County, Virginia. Quote, how old were you when you first had sexual intercourse for the first time? And one of the op options for the answer there is 11 years old or younger. Are you serious? 11 years old or younger. And this is on a student survey in Fairfax County, Virginia. And then I have mountains of video evidence. I could show you this for an hour, but I'm just gonna do a couple. This is from a school in Indiana. And you're in the men's bathroom? You got the tampons. Social justice is the most important thing to teach in schools right now. And then this is uh, a teacher filming themselves coming out to a class. Uh, watch this. All right, listen up. Some of y'all already know because some of y'all figured it out. So get over it. Can I yell it out? No, you may not yell it out. So if you guys... I figured out by the lovely rainbows. I don't put them in my room. Just put them in my room. They're there for a reason. Oh, I, I know. I know it's okay. Okay. Pride rainbow all the way. What? Yeah. And finally, from a teacher in Boston High School, Boston Public High School, talking about uh, genital preference with a student. Watch. There are a few gay kids at school I teach in high school that see me as like their person. They come ask me questions about being gay. And I told one of them recently that I think I'm, that I'm bi. Um, and so he walked up to me today, like in the middle of engineering class, we're making solar ovens. He goes, Miss, can I ask you a question? And I was like, I don't know, baby. Let's see, what's the question? He goes, what, what kind of like genitals, you know, do you prefer? <laughs> I said, like, I don't know. Uh, that person acts like a high schooler herself and then has this very intimate, sexually intimate discussion about genital preference from a student and then posts it on TikTok and laughs about it because after all, grooming children is hilarious. The goal of the transition closet is for our students to be able to wear the clothes that their parents approve of, come to school, and then swap out into the clothes that fit who they truly are. And I use the idea that this is like Superman changing in a phone booth. But that idea actually goes a lot further than that, because Superman isn't Clark Kent. Clark Kent is actually the disguise. And when Clark Kent goes into the phone booth, he transforms into Superman, who's really just who he truly is, Kal-El. And so this gives our trans students the opportunity to be the superheroes that we know they are. We're 
kind of easy to understand why parents are concerned, but here's the true problem. Are you ready? Here's the true problem for uh, the public education system. If you say something, the narrative is already framed against you. I reached out to Christian uh, public school teachers in my church. What, what are you allowed to talk about? And, and their responses came back and they both of them said, please do not reveal my name on the show. And I respect that wish. I don't demean them for that because this is the argument. This is the narrative that has already been framed around them that if you say something, you're a bigot. I do have one friend who's been a public edu uh, public school administrator and now is a private school administrator. And I texted him yesterday and I said the following simple question, is it appropriate for a fifth grade teacher to come out to his students and film it? His response, nope, simple answer, especially for fifth grade. Oh good, I have a video for you, I said, so I said with the video. And then he writes back this, unfortunately, I don't think administrators would be comfortable saying a word because they would be labeled as bigots or homophobes. This is the problem, right? You can't say anything because if you say anything, the cultural movers and shakers who don't wear masks even when they're commanded to at the Super Bowl and the news media and the entertainment industry and the president of the United States has already come down on the side of the people who will call you bigots, racists, and homophobes, ostracize you, possibly cost you your job, your standing in the community, and so the real rule right now is we don't talk about groomo. No, no, no. And someone needs to. Someone needs to say something because in the words of Edmund Burke, the only thing necessary for evil to prevail is for good people to do nothing. You've got to say something. If you see something, say that's what this show exists for, to give you some boldness, to get you to believe that there are people who are with you and it's okay for you to express an alternative view. For heaven's sakes, it's time for Christians to come out of the closet. It's time for Christians to come out of the closet in the education system, in the, in the uh, industries of America, in the marketplace, in uh, all forms of this country. Because you know why? We are also taxpaying citizens who have a a responsibility to share our beliefs and not be afraid or ashamed or be closeted by these cultural movers and shakers. Now, let me get down to my commentary here. It is not, absolutely not discriminatory or wrong to let parents know what is being discussed with children in public schools. And can I be very clear here? Free speech does not exist in public school classrooms. It does not. It never has. Teachers are always prohibited from discussing certain topics in the classroom. For instance, a teacher cannot talk about their religious beliefs to their students. They cannot talk about trusting in the Bible, the worship of Jesus Christ or Allah or whatever religion that they practice in the public school system. That is a Supreme Court decision, Stone versus Graham in 1980, that came down on the side of separation of church and state. A Jewish teacher cannot celebrate Passover with their students. A Christian teacher cannot take communion with their students. You say that's different. Separation of church and state. And I say what has really happened again is that our country has replaced religious faith with religious sexuality and gender dysphoria. A person's genitals have become so sacred to this country, to this culture, that they are inherently part of their identity and thus fused to the educational process. And that's just a new religion. Here's a hypothetical for all the atheists out there who might, might be listening to me. If there's anyone out there, atheist, who's listening to me, and I hope that you are. Suppose, let me just ask you a question. Suppose a teacher is Muslim and a student is Christian and the student wishes to convert to Islam. Should that teacher be allowed to keep that detail from the Christian parents and then encourage the child to embrace their new Muslim faith?
You tell me. Because if the answer is no, but your answer is yes about gender dysphoria and sexuality, you're a hypocrite. One is grooming. I'm sorry. Both examples are grooming. And you make an exception because you're an atheist only. So the rules should not be different, guys. That's my point. The rules should not be different for something like gender and sexual preference when we also separate the state-sponsored educational program from religious practice. We make exceptions for what teachers can and cannot say, but we cannot cater to one group over another. And this bill is simply asking that teachers do not come out to their students, do not become um, a wedge between parents and children. Play by the same rules that you require religious people to play by when it comes to matters that are important to families and children and people's identities. Please. Anyway, that's the news. Speaking of temper tantrums, we've got to do a little bit of a follow-up here. Speaking of temper tantrums, guess who's back on Spotify? Oh, yes, Neil Young. Quietly, very quietly, comes back on Spotify. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. I'm not kidding you. The toothless hippie is back. That bastion of conviction is stubborn resolved has reneged on his stance to pull his music off the platform until the service does what is right and cancel Joe Rogan. And I captured this screenshot from my computer at home yesterday and played Heart of Gold from Neil Young on my speakers through the Spotify platform. Yes, he's back. Ladies and gentlemen, not since Benedict Arnold have we seen convictions this stout. He once asked, ladies and gentlemen, that the staffers quit Spotify. Get out of that place, he said, before it eats up your soul. Well, that fear in Neil Young's heart lasted two weeks, which is exactly how long our COVID measures should have lasted. Neil Young, who was scared for the souls of Spotify's employees, is now perfectly fine if his music stays on that, plat that soul-eating platform. Why? <laughs> One guess. Money. Oh, and by the way, it's not money for him. Because BlackRock Investments has been swooping up the musical rights of many artists, including Neil Young, and making millions off of their artistry. But this is the temper tantrum part. Here's why I say it's a temper tantrum. Because while he made this, this bold two-week stance about bringing his music off the platform, which is really BlackRock doing it because BlackRock is one of these globalist elitist industrial firms, part of the big problem, while he was off the platform, his streamings on other platforms soared 38% according to the New York Post. So here's the template. Here's the template for the temper tantrum crowd. Again, cry and complain, get attention from the news media who is in lockstep with all the globalists and grow your audience with it. That my friends is called free market capitalism, free market economics, which I'm sure Neil Young is also not a fan of. Anyway, that's what's going on in the news and I wanna end this episode with one final piece of good news. Really, really, really good. That's really good news. It's good. Okay, so it turns out that you can actually legislate or at least celebrate morality and make a difference in how people act. You know, there's this whole wing of Christianity that claims, and I used to say this, you can't legislate morality. Laws don't change people. Laws don't, yes, they do. Yes, they do. We have laws in the books about do not murder so that people will not murder, okay? A lot of people would murder a lot more if we took that law off the books, I guarantee you. 
I mean, they're almost coming off the books in some of these major metropolitan cities and people are getting murdered at astonishing rates. But there's this wing of Christianity that says, no, 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 we must not ever, you know, get involved in civil politics, civil law, because, because it won't make a difference, because you just create enemies, because you just create division. So now the division is happening because the secularists are having their way with what is legislated and what is celebrated. You can celebrate and legislate morality. I bring you to an article from The Cut that says the Texan, the Texas abortion ban is having its intended effect. One month after the ban of abortions past six weeks went into effect in the state of Texas, abortions are down 60% in the state since. And this chart shows that over 3,000 abortions were not performed in the state one month after the law was passed. Yes, laws matter. What we celebrate as a country matters. Now, full disclosure, Abortions in Oklahoma are way up as a result. Women are crossing state borders to kill their babies. But Texas is taking a stand, and I say good for them. What a nation legalizes, what a nation celebrates is important. And if we keep silent as Christians, if we, if we don't say something when we see something, the further and further this country and our culture will slide into public degradation and humiliation. I leave you with one final passage. Well, Two final passages of Scripture to back me up. Romans 12, 21. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Or James 4, 17. Whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him, it is sin. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, the right thing to do is sometimes bear the brunt of the ostracism from the progressives and the secularists for the sake of biblical morality because you're a tax-paying citizen because you have convictions and because without convictions a culture literally falls apart at the seams as we are seeing happening right now anyway that's the show i hope you've been blessed by it i hope you're helped by it and i hope it encourages you to be bold lots of good news to talk about lots of good news on this episode and tomorrow let's get back to the true good news the gospel tomorrow 7 p 7 30 p.m the deep dive is back as we continue our discussion through romans chapter 8 i've been having a blast with romans i hope you've been blessed by it you might not watch both the deep end and the deep dive that's why we separated it this season but i hope you join us for romans 8 it is the greatest chapter in the bible and we will be back tomorrow night with that content other than that it has been an absolute pleasure to be with you guys i'll see you tomorrow night or next week on the deep and on tim hatch live